you are listening to My City, My Health, the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Healthy Project podcast, My City, My Health edition. Today, I'm your host, Sophie Woodley, and I'm a student at the University of Iowa studying health and human physiology. My classmates and I are supporting the My City, My Health Conference in Iowa City on April 28th, 2023, that brings the University of Iowa and the Iowa City Corridor community together to discuss health equity programs and collaborations. Registration is now open at mycity.health. Today, I get the opportunity to interview Mrs. Katie Gerlach and highlight her work with community outreach and health equity. I'm super excited for this conversation, and I think you will be too, so let's go ahead and get started. So Katie, can you please give the audience a brief background on who you are and what health equity means to you? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me uh, both to the conference and to this podcast. I'm really excited to talk about health equity as it relates to our community locally in Johnson County, but broader and how we treat health equity concepts as a society. So. My name is Katie Gerlach, and I'm the Executive Director of Better Together 2030. And in that role, kind of broad, but I, I lead the regional collaborative efforts that were outlined in the All Envision Community-Wide Strategic Plan. So what we do is execute and help activate the All Envision Strategic Plan across the community. When that plan came about as a result of the pandemic, uh, but also with the trust and the collaboration that we built during those time periods. So. The goal of Better Together 2030 communities and organizations is to improve community resilience and well-being for all. I am personally really invested in this work because I've chosen to make this community my home and my family's home. And so I want to make it the best place, not only for my family. We admittedly have better access to different social determinants of health that might make us more able to access health care and healthy foods and those services that we need. I know that this community works for me and my family, and I wanna make it work for everybody. So I moved here in 2013. Um, I was a newly graduated lawyer from Syracuse University, and I went to the law school there and also received my master's in public administration from the Maxwell School. And I came out and started practicing municipal law and nonprofit corporation law. And I did some trust and estate litigation and some family law for about five years. And was at the time I was on the board of Shelter House in Iowa City, and I just kept finding myself picking up my nonprofit work and my pro bono work first. And so thinking through all of that, I decided to take a leap and leave private practice. And I joined the Shelter House staff as the director of strategic operations and resource management. And in that role, I oversaw the agency's federal and state grant compliance our financial systems and controls, and the annual federal single audit. We also did a lot of real estate development, housing development, and in all of that, kind of overseeing risk management. So that's kind of my career history. I'm originally from Greeley, Colorado, and I was raised in a, a town probably the size of Iowa City, Coralville combined. And I went to Ripon College in Ripon, Wisconsin, which is a small liberal arts college. And after that graduation, my husband and I moved to, we got married and joined the Peace Corps. We, we lived in DC for a year while we were applying and we joined the Peace Corps and lived in Mongolia for the first two and a half years of our um, married life and learned so much through that experience. And when we came back, we decided to go to graduate school 
and that's how we ended up at Syracuse and then made our way here to Iowa City. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Do you mind going into a little bit further of how you define health equity? Absolutely. So, you know, in looking at health equity, I think back previously, we've talked about health being really about like your physical health, right? And then it started to kind of expand to mental health. I think people are really starting to see now that health equity can really mean that everyone has a fair, I would say, opportunity to be at their best health. And that means housing, food, healthcare. That also means schooling, the ability to work, and the ability to kind of achieve their highest and best lives for themselves and their families. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a privilege to hear how you define health equity, considering all the amazing work you've done here in our community. You're obviously a very involved member of the community and do a lot of work that could inspire others to get more involved as well. So I know you mentioned how you are currently directing the community initiative through Better Together 2030. So could you tell me a little bit more about the program's vision for the Iowa City community? Absolutely. So our vision is really outlined into five key pillars. And if you look at those pillars, they focus around one, how we want to do the work as a community. We developed our steering committee was a broad committee. So we made sure to include cities, nonprofit organizations, young students from the school district, pretty much everyone you could think of was included, not only at the steering committee level, but at the big sort where we talked about trends affecting our community. And then again, at the community circle level where we really tested our kind of pillar work and where we were at to see if we were hitting the mark of where we wanted to go as the community. So we set out some guiding principles of how we want to do the work in our community. And those are representative leadership. We wanna make sure that we're dismantling systemic inequity and deepening the culture of inclusion and belonging throughout our community, that we're increasing collaboration among public, private, nonprofit, non neighborhood, university, everyone in our community to develop really innovative, scalable solutions. Last, we wanted to make sure that we approach things with a growth mindset to improve effectiveness and our skill and effort and just really try new things. And maybe that will lead to some new outcomes and maybe it will lead to some new challenges that we haven't faced before. But we also know that we've been doing things the same way for a long time and maybe it's time to try a new approach. So Setting the stage with that's how we want to do the work, five key pillars emerged as real galvanizing opportunities for our community. And the first is that we want to be champions of our natural environment, making the Iowa River a signature attraction for our residents and visitors. We want to deepen our partnerships with the University of Iowa and other regional stakeholders to make sure that we're executing and developing sustainable environmental practices and clean renewable energy. Second, we wanted to uh, really talk about authentic, vibrant neighborhoods and districts by empowering and funding neighborhoods to identify their own unique assets and leverage that uniqueness. We want to experiment with affordable housing design while supporting those initiatives as an economic development priority for the region. And we want to ensure that all neighborhoods have affordable childcare. The third pillar that emerged is a well-connected mobile region 
We want to make sure that we're investing in reliable regional transit, but that also all residents are connected and have affordable high-speed internet. We know how important that is. The fourth pillar is a thriving, inclusive economic ecosystem. We want to make sure that we're implementing the inclusive economic development plan that we developed as a community and that we're locating and investing in innovation and creativity centers and that we're also creating enough workforce development that we're building our talent pipeline. And lastly, but not leastly, we want to talk about reimagined human and social services. And that isn't to say that we think our human and social service providers are doing anything wrong or doing thing, uh, maybe doing things in a different way. We want to talk about as a community, what does that mean if we fund them differently and we fund them as the essential services that they truly are? And what if we were able to um, allocate our resources and really pool our funding in together? So that's really a two-minute version, five-minute version of the vision, um, but I could go into depth about any number of those projects, but you can see the overarching theme of community well-being and approaching the community as a holistic view and making sure that we're taking care of our community as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you guys are doing some amazing work and really, you know, making strides towards trying to make Iowa City a great place to live and thrive for people of all backgrounds. And I think that's just amazing to hear about, especially in our own community. I know you talked a little bit more about increasing access to affordable housing, increasing job security, and, you know, all those other things that you guys are really aiming to improve. So from your perspective, how can a resident's environment and economic conditions around them affect their access to adequate health care? So I think this is a key piece that maybe in the 80s and even in the 90s, economic development was really about what they would call chasing smokestacks, right? You were trying to look for large manufacturers that you could bring in or really large scale businesses that people could work for. And then that really drove your economy and how people were paid, how people would work. And now we, and we all know that healthcare is driven by employment in the United States. So how people could access healthcare. We are very lucky locally that our economic ecosystem is driven by the University of Iowa. It's also driven by a huge innovative sector of, of people that are brought here by the things that our community attracts. I would say that the approach to health equity and making sure that we're doing that with kind of a common approach with economic development as well is that I know that our communities and how they approach economic development is holistic. When you're looking at who's coming to our region, we want to make sure they're paying livable wages so that people can have access to housing, childcare, basic necessities. It's really clear that environmental and economic conditions affect access to adequate healthcare because we know that healthcare doesn't always exist at the place of primary care or at the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. So much of your healthcare is driven by access to healthy foods, access to a safe living environment, stress, right? Like what are people experiencing in day-to-day -day life? So we know that if we can create a positive environment, our community is going to thrive and they're going to have much better access to adequate health care. Absolutely. And like you mentioned earlier, I think it's important to recognize that not everyone has a fair shot at receiving the best health care experience possible. And, you know, a big first step to improving this issue is really recognizing that those social determinants do exist and, you know, really doing our best to even the playing field. 
exactly. I think you're, when you think about where do people have to recreate, before we can develop our natural environment for recreation, the people in our natural environment work group were so cognizant to stop the conversation and say, okay, so we're going to open up the river and we're going to make sure that we can get kayaks and make this a great recreation opportunity for everybody. Well, to get there, we also need to make sure that every kid in our region knows how to swim so that there's safety around that water. And how do we do that? We make sure that we have open access to our pools. We give scholarships to lessons. We're getting into neighborhoods that may not necessarily have a pool that's accessible to them. And I just think the way our community approaches access to public utilities and and benefits like that is so holistic. We're very lucky. I don't think every community approaches it in that same way. So you've obviously done a lot of community work and, you know, really led those actions to improve the environment around us. In what ways do you currently see health disparities and discrimination in your career? So I think the place I have seen it the most clear is at Shelter House, where probably the most vulnerable people in our community, that's really a last stop for so many people, right? Like when someone is discharged from the emergency room, they can be discharged to the streets and they have nowhere to go. So we have a shelter and we kept seeing a shelter house. That's when I left the board to join the staff, it was very clear. We were really deep into what they called frequent user system engagement and addressing chronic homelessness and really where you kept seeing that cycle of emergency room, jail, streets, emergency room, jail, streets. And that costs something to all of us as a system because it's it's diverting resources to these really high cost utilizers, but it's also cost something to them as individuals of they can't break out of this cycle. So what's the missing piece? Housing. So as soon as we introduced permanent supportive housing into our community, Shelter House was able to house some of the most vulnerable community members that had been living on the streets for 20 to 30 years. And they were able to start addressing their health care issues right away. They were able to start getting primary care, mental health care, starting to think about being able to, where did they want to work? How could they get food into their apartments? You can't take care of those basic needs as you go up the hierarchy of needs until you kind of get those baseline social determinants of health established and, and secure. And so I think that's where I've seen most directly in our community, but I've also seen the way our community addresses that in a really innovative way that other communities don't necessarily have right now. Yeah, that's also why I'm so excited about this conference because, you know, we're seeing so many people join together that really bring different perspectives too. And we get the opportunity to spark these important conversations and really figure out what's next and how do we keep improving and moving forward. As of right now, what do you think is really missing about conversations within our community about health equity? So I think that probably the biggest conversations that we could be having are around mental health, how to address those issues, especially for young people. Our students in schools are primarily our our public schools are being asked to be the safety net for everybody and everything. And so in many ways, our public education system is carrying a heavier load than ever. And we need to support those, that amazing staff and those teachers that are doing so much to support those students on a day in and day out basis. 
I think that's one thing we can talk about is how to support our public education system to make sure that they're able to carry their portion of the kind of pie because they they carry a huge burden for our society, um, but they also have tremendous opportunity. And so I think thinking about how we support public education as a community and all of the things that they're being asked to do, that would be a missing piece that I know I personally have always just appreciated it being there, right? Like I just, it's just always there. And as we move forward in conversations and state legislature passing different bills and vouchers and all sorts of different public education pieces, you can start to see what happens if that piece of the pie is weaker. It's going to be left on the rest of our community to really pick up the, the weight that the public education system has carried for us for so long. Yeah, definitely. So I guess what are some things that you think we as a community need to do to take those first steps? Well, number one, I would say that making sure that we have everyone around the table. That's the first step is making sure that we have all the right voices around the table. And those are voices that traditionally haven't necessarily been at the table before, because I do think we have amazing intentions always, but it may not be the need that that community needs, a specific community. Where are we failing people? I think we need to ask those hard questions and also be willing to have some really hard conversations. And one of my colleagues calls it radical candor. She wrote this amazing book about, you know, really just having frank and honest conversations, but coming from a place of care and understanding. And I think making sure that we all understand that, you know, approaching these conversations with a positive intent and that we all really do want the best for our community. We might just have different ways of seeing how to get there. That was another thing that came out of the All In Vision. So some communities come up with what they call a shared vision for the future. Our community was very intentional to make sure that we understood that everyone can have a different vision for the future. We're not going to be able to level set everyone's vision, but we can have a shared future together as a community. And so how do we get to that future together? And what, what is the place that for each of us to have there? And, and one of those is making sure that we're taking care of everybody and that we're making sure everyone's needs are being met and that our community has a sense of well-being throughout. Absolutely. I think that's a really, a really good insight to have too, because I feel like a lot of people, that's hard to recognize, you know, when you're going through your own hard times, or maybe you feel like you're not heard. I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we're all in it together as a community and we all just want the best for, you know, our home and where we live and we want the best for everyone. So I thought that was a really good insight that you just provided. So you mentioned that it's really all about bringing the right voices to the table. So if so, there's someone listening out there that's, you know, never been involved in any type of community collaborative effort, but would like to start, and they do feel like they have something to say, what do you think their first step should be to try to get involved? Well, uh, number one, I'd say reach out to Better Together 2030, and we will make sure you get connected with other people that are interested in the same work that you're interested in getting connected with. But also raise your hand because this community, part of what makes it so special is that I have never seen a community that has kind of an in-group and out-group, right? So in Syracuse, there's certain names you have to have to kind of be involved or uh, you have to come from a certain church or you have to, there could be other towns where this is true, right? You have to, you have an in-group and an out-group. In this town, 
the people uh, that want to make a difference, I see them make a difference every day and they're in their own way and in a way that's very personal to them. I have never seen this town turn somebody away that was willing to put in the work. And that has been true for every project I've ever been interested in or every project that I've ever seen. We have a very uh, strong culture of willingness to try new things and to approach different ways of solving challenges across our community. And we're also really open to including everybody. And I think that's key is just raise your hand and we'll find a place for you. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful for our audience to hear too, uh, knowing that they live in a community where people are so welcoming and, you know, people are motivated to make change. And, you know, there really is a place for anyone who is passionate about something or wants to do the work to make our community better. It is. It's so true. It's such a special place to be. Um, while understanding we still have work to do and not getting complacent in the successes that we've had, but also making sure that we all know that we have come so far and that we can continue to do that all. But we do need to work together and we need to continue to have hard conversations and and come together as a community and make sure that we are approaching things with an equity lens. Definitely. So kind of just to wrap up, what is the biggest thing that you would like listeners to take away from our conversation today? Uh, number one, I am so excited that these conversations are happening and that they're happening at the University of Iowa and being led by students and faculty that are so engaged in this work and that we're starting to see social determinants of health come up in everyday conversation. I love that. You know, so traditionally, a lot of the work that was surrounding those was seen as social work, right? Like they would just, it was only talked about in that silo. Now it is so clear that public health and really just community-wide health is so much more than primary care. It is our community well-being. And I just would love to make sure that we continue this conversation and that we're centering equity in those conversations and making sure that we have people that are not only willing to have these hard conversations together, but that are willing to take action. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for your time today. I know I'm excited to hear more from you and all of our other panelists at this year's conference on April 28th. And thank you to the listeners for joining us today. If you're interested in learning more about the My City, My Health Iowa City Conference, visit mycity.health. You can also check out more of the Healthy Project podcast, My City, My Health edition on the mycity.health website. 